Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy No Rules Friday. Happy Football Friday from Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. We want to hear from you as always, especially when we got a Panthers football game tonight. 704-570-9610. The number to text is 704-570-9610. Football No Rules Friday. It's the best kind of show that we can put on. At least we strive for it. We have the week that was the best moments of the week, the highlights at the end of the show. I imagine there's going to be a lot of yelling and arguing because these two got the very worst from me when we had the Magic Johnson and Steph Curry debate. But we're not going to be doing that today. NBA, I'm sorry, you got to take a little sidestep because now it's football. Only one more preseason game. One more. And then it's regular season time. So I have to wait a little bit. No four preseason games anymore. So once we get to this one, we'll get to regular season game number one against a division foe. But we have a couple weeks to get there. I don't want to waste any more time. Let's go ahead and pull up to the scene. Mr. Bus Driver, Josh Fitty Marlowe, let us off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! We talked about it a little bit, Wes Bryant. Dan Campbell, he was hinting at not playing any of the starters in preseason game number three against the Carolina Panthers. And you said if they don't play the starters, then I might feel a little different. I might put the Carolina Panthers in a no-win situation. Is that how you feel now that we're pretty clear? The starters, no Aiden Hutchinson against Icky, so you don't have that matchup. No Jared Goff going against this defense like the Giants try to Daniel Jones out there. No starters to speak of. Do you think this puts the Carolina Panthers in a no-win situation? Yeah, because uh, if they don't play well tonight and don't look good, people are really going to get concerned, especially with no fourth preseason game to calm their anxiety. And now you just have to await the Atlanta Falcons and see uh, what happens in week one. So, yes, if they do not play good tonight, then they are in a bad situation. And if they do play good tonight, people are going to be indifferent about it. I think these scenarios exist where you can have a no-win situation, but I think Carolina Panthers fans are going to be feeling good if they score some points this time. If Bryce Young leads a touchdown drive, let's say you score 10 points, something like that, if you dominate or if you play really well, even if it is against backups, then we're going to at least see some form of success offensively from the starters, and then you can possibly build off that going forward into week one. So I do think seeing it will allow people to believe it, and hopefully we can start to feel good as a fan base as well as people that are covering the team. All right, now you have something to work off of, yeah. and maybe that helps Bryce Young's confidence, and maybe that helps the offensive line's confidence. Both need to perform – well, more so the offensive line needs to perform better because it's not like I'm seeing a whole lot of stuff that Bryce Young is doing wrong. Speaking of Bryce Young and the O-line, Greg Cosell had some comments that he's a little afraid of what's going on with Bryce Young and the lack of protection. Here he is on the Ross Tucker podcast. You know, look, for the people that don't like Bryce Young, and there's certain things you can easily say, he's certainly not big. He's not imposing physically. He doesn't have a huge arm. Um, So you can easily look at those things and say, oh, you know, this is going to be tough. And it may be. We don't know that. Um, But 
he certainly needs at this level a good offensive line. Does he have somewhat of a playmaking dimension? Yes, but you wouldn't say he's a great athlete. You know, he's not a special athlete, but he certainly has a feel and a knack for finding space. But he's going to have to be protected at this level. He can't make a living making out of structure plays. So to me, it's been hard to get a true read about Bryce Young because the protection has not been very good. I agree with a lot of what he said. I, I think he is very good on out of structure plays. I just know that the NFL, you're going to have to play from the pocket a lot as well. And so when he's good out of structure, fantastic. I mean, that's when things break down, Bryce Young can still kill you. But we know that we want Bryce Young to still be able to play within the pocket because the offensive line is allowing him to do so. And I do think that's fair. I think we have not been able to see a ton of what makes Bryce Young special. We've seen a couple of things here and there, but the offensive line hasn't allowed us to truly reap the benefits of what was the number one overall pick and the skill set that allowed him to be the number one overall pick. I'm hoping the offensive line allows us to see that tonight. Yeah, I'm hoping so as well because again, like I said, I think that's the biggest thing that's going to set a lot of people off. But Greg Cosell, let me say one of my absolute favorites to listen to talk about football. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. he's so good. He's so thorough. Man. Let's get I've him on always, the show. Yeah, I've always enjoyed uh, hearing him talk about football. But uh, you know, so I definitely buy into a lot of things uh, that he talks about. So with that said, again, this offensive line, this is a key performance tonight for them. It's not just uh, the fact that the starters are not playing, but you need to come out, and the offense really needs to come out and have some positivity to be able to go into uh, these next two weeks until they play again. Because, again, I, I think a lot of people tonight, if, if it doesn't look right, it's going to just bring up so many more questions. And I just don't think that those guys need that, man, going into the regular season. So if we have Bryce Young, remain status quo, maybe you lead a touchdown drive. Let's say he throws for, I don't know, whatever, right? 70 yards, 80 yards, more, whatever, something in that realm. You have a touchdown drive. Bryce Young has a touchdown pass, something successful, right? Something where he's able to lead the team into the end zone. And it's something along those lines. You compare what Bryce Young does to the other first round QBs, Anthony Richardson, Wow plays, but also only 6 of 17, and you see a headline on ESPN, is Anthony Richardson's accuracy a cause for concern? So still very polarizing type of views that you could have from someone like that. C.J. Stroud said he's not sweating the QB competition right now. He's not anxious. We know his first preseason game wasn't very good. Bad protection, also a bad interception that he threw. I think of all the first-round quarterbacks that were taken, especially the, the, the guys that were in the top five, if you're talking about C.J., Anthony, and Bryce, Wes, even with the lackluster performances, at least in the box score from Bryce Young, if he does anything close to touchdown drive, 70 yards, the neighborhood I was talking about, I'll feel very good to say Bryce Young performed the best out of all the first-round rookies that we've seen this preseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think you could go with that as well, um, you know, especially if he comes out and has a great showing tonight. So the main thing for him is just 
keep doing what he's doing because, again, we don't agree with what Chris Sims said. There's no jumpiness in the pocket. And I think that's a great trait to see from him because he's not going to be worried about pressure. Uh, this is a guy that we know that more than likely he's going to get up if he gets hit. So you're not worried about that. The main thing tonight is just coming out, having a quality drive and him kind of, I know the competitor in him wants to really come out and show everybody, hey, this is why I was the number one pick. He may not listen to a lot of the pundits, but I know that for him, uh, he wants to come out and have a dominant performance because that's what he's used to uh, his whole life. You wanted to say Anthony Richardson a little bit. You thought about it. I saw you look up at the ceiling when I said that. You're like, yeah, I had to think about it for a second to think about everybody's performances. But, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, and, and it goes back to what do you want? Do you want the wild plays from Richardson but a lot of incompletions? C.J. Stroud went 7 of 12 in the second game, and we'll have to see what C.J. does in the third. When, when it accounts for 33% of your preseason, mm-hmm. then that's a lot of assuming, granted. So I don't want to just 100% go in and say Bryce will perform the best. But if everything remains status quo with what we've seen for the first two games, and maybe you get a few more yards from Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud has a similar game to what he did against the Miami Dolphins, you know, they didn't score a touchdown either, right? Mm-hmm. Like 67 of 12, more yards, but only three points for Houston. Then I would say Bryce Young is the one that I feel the most comfortable with, especially when we can go to context and take back a couple of the plays where the Hayden Hurst completion, that one was called back because of the Zavala hold. And we know the offensive line for both Stroud and Bryce Young have not been good. Yeah, so... um Again, when you watched Anthony Richardson last night, because I watched, because obviously I just wanted to see him. And yeah, man, that, that completion percentage is 6 of 17, especially in your third uh, chance to get some reps. He didn't play in the second game. And then for him to do the fly equals fly, uh, I don't know if you caught that. I did <laughs> well. not see. Oh, was he talking trash already? Yeah, he did that one. They scored on the uh, their first drive uh, after Philadelphia scored. You could hit the crowd booing. And at first, he didn't show it live. And then uh, the announcer made comments about it. And then when they showed the replay going to break, they showed him doing it. So You uh, don't like it? No, I'm I'm, okay. I'm here for it. But you can't go 6 to 17 and then be out there talking <laughs> trash like Clown that. show. Yeah, you, you can't do that. But <sighs> you, you see the flashes from him. But Bryce, again, tonight, uh, it's just all about what he could do with this offense. I think he should play. I mean, I think you get him out there, let him play two or three series mm-hmm. again, and hopefully you can get two scores out of the drive, especially if he's going up against the twos. I mean, the twos, I would expect them to go uh, up and down the field on them and be able to get this thing done and, and get some points. Ten points at a minimum if they're going up against the twos and they play two possessions. Three, If they play three, I'd say minimum 13. All right, let's go to the text line, 704-570-9610. Yeah, tell us how your Friday is going. Tell us how your weekend is looking, how excited you are for this Panthers game. King of the Marlowe Militia, he said, Morning, gents. Have a great Friday show. Have a great Friday show. Fitty, have a good one, Wes. And then he said, what's up, lanky ass? Daggum. Why am I catching strays from our listeners? He did tell me he loves me, though. And King of Marlon Militia, I will tell you, it is reciprocated. I love you as well. We did have Chris from Belmont. He said, we screwed up mortgaging our future for Bryce. He's already telling you that. Man, he's already off the, mm-hmm. uh, the ship, huh? Which means he was never on. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got over there, Fitty? Did you want to say something to uh, the king of your militia? Oh, I mean, his service doesn't go. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. This Bryce Young hate in the. I have never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wonder if other fan bases have had the same freak out when they like. Like, was Cleveland this bad when Johnny was going through his rookie preseason? 
I'm not sure. Because I, I, I just I just don't understand. Like, it's not his fault his offensive line couldn't block the three of us if we went out there and put pads on. The games don't matter. And you're saying that you have mortgaged your future and, and trading him was a screw-up? You know what I... I don't want to hear it if this man is what he was supposed to be. I will say this. I don't feel like we see a lot of those comments. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Because we all have different timelines. We all have echo chambers every once in a while when we go check our social media accounts. I feel like I don't see a ton of that. And I don't feel like we see a ton of, oh, they regret because of what happened in the preseason, passing on Richardson, passing on C.J. Stroud. If you think that the Panthers regret passing on those guys for Bryce Young, it means you never wanted him anyway. There hasn't been anything from Richardson or Stroud. And I like Richardson a lot, okay? This is coming from somebody that's a big old fan. I can't wait to see what he does as his rookie year goes on. But we wanted Bryce for a reason. We thought the processing was special. We think that he's just a special. QB and Richardson could become that but I don't think you've seen anything in this preseason where it's like oh man they really missed out not getting that guy despite yeah. some of the special attributes Richardson has shown yeah and I'll add in that the Panthers offensive line could definitely block Fiddy you think so? Yeah, I think I, I think he'd have a hard time. Getting through. <laughs> <laughs> it was far fetched saying that he could maybe you know get through the gap and go sack Bryce Young. I mean, yeah. I just gotta I just gotta hope that that that, that NC State education that Icky Aquano has, he just forgets to pass off, and I just come untouched, and then I just bury the quarterback. That's true. I don't even. Do you think Icky could recover in time, even if he did pass off to the tight end that wasn't there, <laughs> realize that he did that, and still get back in time to go pancake Josh Fitty Marlowe? I think that would still happen. Yeah. That that would be a cool highlight if he missed it and then Fiddy's eyes get big and he think he's got the sack and then bam, just like a cartoon, you know, when he get ran over by a truck on Bugs Bunny. And then Fiddy's over at midfield despite the play starting from the 20-yard line. Right, yeah. And he's probably holding like he held Carolina's defensive lineman during his entire career at NC State. So What defensive lineman? I That's think, a good point. I, I think it is a good point. It's the, <laughs> it's, it actually got Fitty to retract some of that statement. Like, <laughs> Fitty, you woke up today choosing some form of violence. I wouldn't I, say violence. You fo you chose some sort of bad mood. It, it's not good mood, Fitty. I don't know about all just flat out bad mood, Fitty, but there's something a little different over there. And he should be in a good mood. Do we need to go war cry? Do we need to just do a war cry Friday for I don't you? have the energy for a war yeah, cry. I think that is it. I think that's it. All right, let's, let's try to muster up some of that energy during the break. Okay. And then let's come back and let's do the game day dubs. Who, what, where, when, why, who is the player with the most to prove against the Detroit Lions? We'll talk about it. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. for the game. That's right. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Let me put you on the game. Yeah, man. We appreciate you texting. Again, 704-570-9610. Uh, we got a couple of texts in about the game, about Bryce Young. Reverend Herbacea said, obviously, Bryce has the most to prove. He needs to prove he can block somebody, prove he can catch the damn ball, prove <laughs> he can stop the run. Adding a little pass rush would be nice, too. What a bust already. Yeah, Herbaceous, we're with you. Uh, we're sensing the sarcasm. We're living it as well because some people actually think that, that he has the most to prove. And I agree with Colin, I think. Earlier today, Jeff asked, what was the best thing you've seen so far? And he said, honestly, I think it's Bryce. I know the dude doesn't even have, what, 60 total yards passing in two games? Like, I get it. 
but I feel the most comfortable with what Bryce is about to do in the regular season compared to everybody else. Yeah. And it makes sense. I know it's crazy. The numbers are, man, they're underwhelming. No doubt. If you would have told me that Bryce would only have 60 passing yards in two games, I would have said, oh, man, I hope he doesn't look bad. Were those interceptions continuing to go on outside of just training camp? Because he had, what, like six in a row? He was only one for the most part, but he would throw an interception a day. And I thought, all right, maybe that's going on again in preseason. But I do feel the most confident. You can't say that about uh, that about the offensive line. We've seen, you know, only Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders, has been missing all the preseason games so far. The wide receivers are getting hurt. Adam Thielen has one reception. Jonathan Mingo, I guess you could say you feel good about, but that's still a lot of you're putting a lot of confidence in a rookie. Yes. So defensively, they're not playing Brian Burns, Derek Brown. You feel good about those guys. But as far as what you've seen from the preseason, I don't think it's crazy to say Bryce Young is the thing that I am most confident in translating in a positive way once we get to week one. Yeah, I think so too, because as we've said throughout the pressure, you've seen a couple of instances where he's delivered when getting hit, delivered with uh, traffic in his face and showed some good pocket awareness last week against the Giants when he was able to get out of what looked like a sure sack and was able to run around and try to make some type of a play. But other than that, um, you like what you've seen from him. And the biggest thing is, like you talked about, people made a lot of interceptions in practice, but we haven't seen them in the games yet. Granted, Not even really close. Yeah, and granted, you know, he hasn't had a ton of opportunity to throw them, but I think it still bodes well that he hasn't thrown a pick because the other rookie quarterbacks have. Yeah. You're talking about each one of them in limited snaps. C.J. Stroud, would he throw against the Patriots four times, four, five, six times, and yeah, he threw was, an interception? He was two of four. I yeah. think he had 14 yards passing, and then he had the bad interception. Yeah, and he threw an interception. And that was actually on a possession that he had time. Mm-hmm. And he still just didn't see the defender, and I think it was Jalen Mills who ended up intercepting that. So, yeah, yeah uh, Bryce Young hasn't done any of that. Barron, the singing Panther fan, he said, same. I trust Bryce, I trust Burns, and I trust Derek Brown. Now, when we ask who has the most to prove, it's a part of our game day dubs segment that we're going to be bringing to you all football season. So let's go ahead and get started with the who portion. Who, Wes, who is the player with the most to prove against the Detroit Lions tonight? Man, that is a tough question because there are a lot of guys, obviously, that are going to be uh, looking at just trying to make a a roster slot for this team, especially like you talk about the wide receivers and different players like that, man. So um, when I look at who has the most to prove tonight with it being the last preseason game, uh, I'm just going to go – I'm going to take the easy way out today. I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I think uh, I want to see can he lead this offense to some points against the second-string defense of the Detroit Lions. It's as simple as that. I know he may not have – he's not going to have DJ Chark and he's not going to have TMJ and some of those guys out there with him, but he'll have Thielen and Mingo, and I want to see how this offense uh, is going to look. And I feel like, yes, I'm in the camp of they should score uh, each time they touch the field in some capacity against the backups of the Detroit Lions. I mean – so for me, I like I said, I feel comfortable with Bryce. I think the most approved, when you said, I'll take the easy answer, I thought you were going to go with Icky. So if you're not going to go Icky, I'm going to go Icky. I think that's the guy. I know you're not going against Aiden Hutchinson. All the more reason for you to prove yourself. Yes. I want Icky to dominate. 
that's the way you do this, right? If you have bad preseason games, and they're bad. It's not like, oh, he didn't play up to snuff. You know, he was like a little worse. No, I mean, he's been flat out bad. He has not been protecting the quarterback, and that's a guy we all had real high hopes for. Love Icky. We love him. It's why we want more from him. It's why we want him to be the franchise left tackle. I don't care if it's not Aiden Hutchinson. I don't care who's out there. I want to see a pancake. I want to see him do the whole pass protection is not passive thing. I don't care if you're dropping back. Go ahead and put somebody on the ground in the run game. I want you to be clearing gaps if they are running to the left side. I want Icky to come out here and get a big old PFF grade. I want everybody to be tweeting highlights of how Icky destroyed some dude. I want to see quintessential, this is why you drafted Icky number six overall. And he came in answering all the questions and concerns. Now, to your point with the no-win situation, it's not going to make you feel 100% confident, for sure. Two bad games to one good one. Of course, the math is pretty easy to project. But it will at least ease your pain with what you've seen on the blind side of one Bryce Young. And then maybe you can go into Atlanta because... Pass rush is not their strong suit. Yes. And then maybe that can be, as we talk about the get-right stuff, maybe you have two get-right, quote-unquote, two get-right games going against Detroit and Atlanta. I want to see Icky just come out there and throw some dudes around. Oh, no question about it. And he's the guy that you look at also, too, from the scope of you haven't been playing well and you need to come out tonight and put people at ease, like you just said, because if he comes out and gives out sacks or has more miscommunications tonight, man, that's really not going to look good at all. People are really going to start to panic because this is one of the guys that you felt like you got it right with. This is one of the guys that looks to be one of the cornerstones of your franchise on your offense, quarterback, left tackle, and then whatever position you want to put after that. But your left tackle is of the utmost importance, especially now that we have the quarterback that people are going to be talking about the weight of every person that sacks him <laughs> yeah. and just how many times he's been hit and different things of that nature. So he is definitely of utmost importance. Tonight. I think that's the message that should be sent to the offensive line and Icky every single time. I do not want the public knowing the weight of the defensive line when you're blocking. <laughs> right. If we know the weight of that guy, then you did not do your job. Exactly. You gave I, up a hit or a sack. Um, I do want everybody to text in, answer some questions as we're going along with this. A lot of people are right now. We have Goober. We have Big Cat Dan. Man, we got Bagel Guy, Vin Greasy. A lot of people are saying the O-line in general, not giving you a specific player. They're just saying the O-line in general. Dominate the line of scrimmage. The whole line needs to dominate tonight. Big Cat Dan said Bryce and Jonathan Mingo, too. We'll get to some Jonathan Mingo conversation a little bit later on as well. Let's go with the what, Wes. The next question. What's the best case scenario for this offense? What do you truly see happening realistically that will make us feel good despite the backups they're playing against? What's the best case scenario? Simple as scoring a touchdown on every single possession that they score. Oh, okay. Uh, getting, you want it all. Getting some chunk plays as well. Just really looking the part of a team that looks to compete for a division championship. But I know that the NFC uh, South is is – Maybe not the most formidable when you talk about Super Bowl contenders. But no, if you're going up against the twos, there's a reason why in practice coaches put twos against the ones because they want the ones to have a little bit of of a challenge, but they still want them at the end of the day to come out and play well. And so uh, that's what you want to see. I want to see these starting receivers too uh, make some splash plays. And I think that would be, uh, if I had to pinpoint something very, very specific, 
I want to see these wide receivers make some splash plays. I want to see Mingo uh, show us why that he he's that guy. That was a nice catch against the Giants, catch and run. But I want to see him make two to three catches where you go, whoa, yeah. okay, this guy's going to be a problem. And Adam Thielen to make some catches where you're like, all right, yeah, he might be a little bit advanced age-wise, but he looks good. Uh, I have a little bit of Mingo in mind. So okay. here's what I have. 10 to 14 points from the offense. I want a touchdown drive. I want another solid drive, at least leading to the field goal from the starters. And this is all starter talk, by the way, because if Matt Corral comes in, great. Like we can talk about Matt Corral, but we're all talking about the starters, the guys you're going to be watching on Sundays. So I want 10 to 14 points from the starters. I want Bryce protected. I want him protected from the offensive line on the right side and the left, as I just talked about Icky. Mingo about 50 yards. You got guys hurt. Not going to be looking for DJ. TMJ, LaVisca Chenault, you only have Adam Thielen out there. We know what Adam Thielen is. We know what Thielen is, right? Somebody that has been productive, he's over the hill on his prime, but could still be a useful receiver. Mingo, there's still a lot of uncertainty on how much he's going to provide for you this year. And so if we're trying to figure out, if we're trying to best project what he can do going in this regular season, I want Mingo to have another strong game. And as we talk about the stock rising... Mingo was already in that category in game two. If he gives you another good performance, Wes, where he actually surpasses what he did yardage-wise, maybe he scores a touchdown. I, I don't need the TD because high variance there. I don't necessarily care. I just want to see a nice total. Yes. So give me 50, whatever, 60, something like that. If you do that, then that means we'll feel good about our first overall pick and our 39th overall selection. And then hopefully everybody else protects and then they can score or whatever. But that's what I want to see. 10 to 14 points. Bryce is protected and Mingo sits at around 50 total receiving yards. That's what I'd like to see. Best case scenario. When we've been doing this the whole preseason, we move on to the when question. When does Bryce Young exit the game? Uh, I'll go three possessions this time. I think I think three good ones will be good. It could carry them a little bit into the second quarter, but uh, that's what I would like to see. I think uh, they don't play a game for a week. So I think just seeing him get out there and have – uh, a few possessions to be able to get into some sort of a rhythm to put them uh, remotely close to being in regular season mode, I think would be good for me. I want I want three at a minimum. That's what I want. And if you want to play them a whole half, okay. Yeah. But I expect to see something consistent. You know, I put three to four. I want to see at least three. It's what you've done the first two games. You've played them the same exact amount of time as far as the series goes. And you had a lot more plays in the second game because things ended pretty quickly for you in the Jets game in the opener, but then you played a lot more plays in second. I want to see three to four and I want to see some points on the board clearly, but Bryce young with there being a decent amount of time before you suit up in the regular season, three to four series, maybe a half. And I don't need to play too much with danger. Don't put them out there in the second. I'm cool. Like get them a first half. That's enough to get a rhythm. That's enough to maybe get a touchdown drive, whatever. And then I think I'm bringing them to the sideline. Fourth question that we have here, Wes, the where portion where will we see the Panthers improve? What are you confident in? Like, what what are we going to be talking about on Monday saying, okay, that player, that unit, that decision, that area of the game, whatever, that's where we saw Carolina improve um, in this game against Detroit. Well, I'm going to have some faith uh, in the offensive line, albeit who they're playing tonight, the second unit of the Detroit Lions. But this is a team that, uh, when you look at the analytics, the PFFs of the world, they're in the bottom 10 of pass blocking and run blocking for the preseason. So this is the game. 
You could call it a get-right game, Walker, whichever way you want to pose it. But I think the offensive line will finally show up tonight. But again, it's with a caveat, and that's the part that drives you mad because if they do come out and are dominant, then you're going to expect to see the same next week, which you said this is you can't call it a break because these guys are still NFL players, but they've had to go up against some pretty good fronts and some pretty good players on those fronts. Tonight, you're not going to be able to see that. And even against Atlanta, yes, they went out and made some signings to improve their pass rush, but we haven't seen it on paper yet. But until they line up with Grady Jarrett and the crew and we see that, uh, tonight this should be a game where they are very, very competent, are able to move the offense at will, and they just go out, as you said, and dominate and um, are able to enjoy the rest of their evening after a few possessions, after playing well. So I'm going to go with the offensive line tonight to come back strong. The where. Where will we see the Panthers improve? Where is the position, the area that we know the Carolina Panthers are going to be better in this game against Detroit? I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball, holding the QB in check, because they haven't done that. doesn't really matter who's been out there, Wes. The QBs have gotten their numbers in the first two preseason games. So you go against the Jets. Zach Wilson, 14 of 20, 120 yards and a touchdown. Tim Boyle, 9 of 10, 80 yards, two touchdown passes. All right, so then you go to the Giants. Daniel Jones has zero problem marching down the field. The only incompletion was a Von Bell rattle of a tackle, okay? That would have been a completion had Von Bell not smacked somebody. And then you get Tommy DeVito. You know, we talked about it going into that game. We wanted to see DeVito be eaten up. Yes. And he was not. 9 of 11 for DeVito, 88 yards, and even Tyrod Taylor had the touchdown connection to Jalen Hyatt because Eric Rowe, as much as he's been criticized, I don't know how much better a, a lot of other people would have done when you have among the fastest receivers in the draft coming straight at you and you're at a standstill because you're at the safety spot. That's tough. But either way, even Tyrod gets the connection. You're going to be facing Nate Sudfeld and Teddy Bridgewater if it is the same duo QB that uh, they played against Jacksonville in their second game. So Sudfeld, uh, I don't want to see anything from Sudfeld. I don't want to see a good game from Teddy Bridgewater. That's what I feel good about. I feel good on Monday that they will hold the quarterback in check and those guys will not have the same level of success that Tyrod, any of the Giants QBs did, or any of the Jets QBs did. Last one, the why. We've been rolling with this one, too, in the preseason. Wes, why will we... Why, goodness gracious, a lot of dubs, okay? I'm yeah. sorry. Whoa, whoa, we whoa. Why will we feel good or bad after the game, and we'll be talking about it on Monday? Man, as I've been saying and as we've been saying, I don't know how many reasons you could find to feel good if you're dominant, but I'll try to find one for you. And I think that's if the Panthers can get the running game going tonight and really chew up uh, grass running that football. If Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Brown and Raheem Blackshear come out there tonight and are able to find holes and able to really uh, eat up Detroit in that fashion, I think that's what you want to see because it at least makes you feel good that this offensive line and this offense has a mentality that they want to come out and be physical, that they want to come out and simply dominate tonight. And I think if they can carry that mentality, uh, because we know how mental the game can be, if they can carry that into the regular season, that really makes you feel better than almost anything. But uh, that's why I think that you will feel good if they're able to really run the ball uh, with some efficiency. But I think you feel bad, clearly, it's if the offense is inept, if they cannot come out and, uh, you know, put points on the board on 
the second stringers. Like that that's what this whole game is about tonight is are you going to look how you should look against backups? Um, Fiddy, I've been playing a game here. You've been reaching for your soundboard a couple of times. I knew you were going to go for the clown show, Anthony Richardson conversation. Did you reach for the Mitch Kupchak soundbite when I messed up? Is that I, what you were doing? Yeah, I was, go, I was going to get Mitch. That, that's okay. Go ahead and hit it. I messed up. I got to own this. I got to reap the consequence that comes my way. I got tongue-tied. Here's Mitch. Well, everything that we, yeah, every answer they got, we got to every, every question. Yeah, that was me. That was me trying to figure out how to answer this last question. For me, I'll feel good if we get a wow play from Bryce Young. We've been talking about okay. it with Anthony Richardson. Give me, give me a fun play. I want you escaping pressure. Oh, wow. Oh, actually, that's not true. I don't want you. Esca- I don't want there to be pressure. <laughs> I take that back. I rescind that comment. But I do want you, maybe if it's a off structure playoff platform, whatever, throwing the ball downfield, connecting with a dime down wherever, right? Where's the wow play from Bryce Young? We're going to be feeling good because right now we feel good about Bryce Young, but we haven't seen the, oh my God, that's why he's number one overall pick. Yes. It's why Chris Sims' wife and Johnny Muscles are concerned. I was about to say, so people's wives <laughs> and girlfriends can feel comfortable about what they're seeing from Bryce Young. Give me the wow play. The reason we'll feel bad is if they get back to the play-calling style that they had in preseason game number one, where everything was vanilla, there wasn't anything French vanilla about it. We've been trying to think of different desserts, different flavors as to what you want to see from the offense. If it goes back to straight-up vanilla or pumpkin spice, if we want to call something basic, (laughs) if they're pumpkin spice and you only get a field goal, maybe a couple, but you're pumpkin spice, and everybody's like, wait, where's the eye candy? Where's the motion? Where's the play-action? Where's the throw down field? If we see that and only a couple of field goals at best, we're going to be feeling pretty bad going into week one. Yes. Those are the dubs. The game day dubs heading into this kickoff between the Panthers and the Detroit Lions. The last preseason game before it counts for real, folks. Let's move on to some collegiate football in just a moment, but not before we get to the Fitty Flash. What you got for us today, Fitty? Fitty. Walker, you said that there'd be no NBA talk today. Well, you lied. <laughs> um, Buck Star, I'll just go with Giannis. I'm not trying his last name on a Friday. He says that he does not plan to sign a contract extension when he becomes eligible next month, and he won't sign one until he's comfortable knowing that the organization will continue to compete for a championship. He told the New York Times, quote, numbers-wise, it does not make sense. There's a lot of rumors that he is eyeing a potential exit to go to the Knicks and maybe team up with the very one Joel Embiid who could also force his way out of out, out of Philadelphia oh next offseason. I think it'd be a good thing for the league, although I love seeing Giannis take a championship to a small market team like Milwaukee. I'm just so tired of hearing about, I mean, how many decades do we have to hear what players the Knicks are going to get? I mean, if they got it, that'd be great. There'd be meaningful basketball games in the garden, which we're here for. But, I mean, Lord, every decade we got to hear about who's going to go to the Knicks. (laughs) Oh, But then we'd get Knicks 50 (laughs) if it happened, which is what we want. We want. Would you get both jerseys if they got Giannis and Joel? Oh, I would have every version of their jerseys. Their home away, their city connects. That'd be sweet. Statement edition. 
How many other jerseys do they have? I don't know. St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people like the green one. I've got the Carmelo Anthony yeah. jersey in the St. Patty's Day. And hat. the regular one. Like, you just get the regular blue and white. All right. Nick Fitty. He's coming soon, folks. Let's go to the Campus Corner. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Friday on the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the text line 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials. Hit that follow button. Most importantly, on the Weston Walker Twitter page. Also the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram at WalkerMail at WestBryan underscore 72 and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram as well. And now it is time to go to the campus Kona. All right, folks. Ever since Archie Griffin became the first man to win two Heisman trophies, everybody has been trying to find the next guy that will be able to do that feat. I feel like that's one of those sports things that will uh, I don't know if I'll say never be broken, but you have fatigue, you have so many factors. But article came out, David Purdom of ESPN, USC quarterback Caleb Williams, the consensus betting favorite to win the Heisman Trophy again. Williams enters his junior season as the Heisman favorite at all U.S. sports books. He is listed with a 15 with 15 to 4 odds at Caesar Sportsbook. No other player has single-digit odds. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels is 10 to 1. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers is 14 to 1. Michigan quarterback JJ McCarthy leads a group of six quarterbacks with odds of 16 to 1, including North Carolina's Drake May, Florida State's Jordan Travis, and Clemson's Cade Klubnick all have 16 to 1 odds. So I will ask for one, do we think Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman again? How strong of a chance do we give him? And then out of the ACC quarterbacks, and I'll also throw Sam Hartman, former Wake Forest quarterback, now Notre Dame's quarterback, into the mix at 16 to 1. One, will Caleb Williams do it again? And if you had to bet on any of the other four, including the three ACC quarterbacks and the ex-ACC quarterback in Sam Hartman, which one of those would you choose? Um, so if we're going to take Caleb Williams or the field, I would take the field because it's so hard. As yeah. you just said, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I wonder just how much voter fatigue goes into it. We could have given Lamar Jackson. Had their record been a little better, I don't remember the second year Lamar was really good, what their record was. I just remember the stats were incredible, but because you felt a little cheated with Lamar and Louisville not being the greatest team anyway, and you gave it to him the first go-around, it felt like fatigue was a real factor in why Lamar didn't get it a second time, but I digress. Uh, I think... If you look at some of the favorites here, you mentioned some of them here. Jaden Daniels has a real shot. If you believe in LSU, Brian Kelly is a good enough coach to make you a favorite there. So I like Jaden Daniels. Drake May certainly going to have his shot. I mean, Daniels would probably be the guy I go to because I think winning has to be a part of all of this. And so if you feel like LSU is going to be a college football playoff contender, 
and you have a QB that can rack up the rushing yards and be able to throw it, especially with a bright mind to be able to come up with the resume around you. We've seen this with Lincoln Riley. Okay, mm-hmm. You get a dual-threat QB with one of the best, smartest offensive minds in all of college football. That's a pretty damn good recipe to go out there and be the best college football player in the country. So if you're Jaden Daniels with LSU and Brian Kelly at the helm, then yeah, I think that would probably be a guy that I go with. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but I asked you which ACC guys, an ex-ACC guy, would you go with out of the four-pack that I gave you? Well, Drake May has to be the bet. answer, right? Uh, who's going to be – who's going to – Drake May's the answer. Well, it could be. But if Jordan Travis and Florida State have the type of year that people think that they could have, he's really hot right now. He is fuego. And I don't know that Carolina will have the type of season that could put them in the grasp of the college football playoffs because that's what I think it's going to take for any of these guys to get to New York. I think that's prerequisite number one unless you just have a ridiculous season. But I don't know that Carolina's going to have that type of season. If I had to pick one, and again, I'm not the biggest Jordan Travis fan, I, I like his talent, but if Florida State has the type of year that people think that they could and he plays really well, I would pick him out of that four-pack. But you don't, right? No, so, I don't, but I'm but just saying that, means- that hypothetically, the best chance to me, because I just don't think Carolina's going to have the type of season. I just said if Florida State had that type of season, well, Jordan Travis, to me, would be the best bet out of those guys. So best based off of Wes's reality. Based off my based – Who's off- got the best shot? Because you don't think Florida State's going to be great. Hell, if I had to off my own merit, I don't think any of them are going to be there. But and if I had I to pick Jane one, Daniels. but if I had to pick one, but I gave you a four pack, I didn't put <laughs> Jane Daniels in the four pack. If I had to do it, then my own four pack. just off my own merit of what I think of all these guys, Drake May to me has a chance to have the gaudiest stats. So I'll go with Drake. All right, what do you Fitty, think? What do you Fitty? think? You were grabbing the mic. Well, I mean, I was just coming to say, like, I mean, the the Heisman is a playoff award. You've only had two quarterbacks win the Heisman Trophy that weren't on playoff teams, and Caleb Williams did it last year. Is one of those guys, and so I think that's what makes it hard. Is like, is if, if Carolina is not a playoff contender, which none of us think they're going to be. Drake May was nine and one a year ago, and he wasn't even the favorite to win the Heisman. What would make you think he'd do it this year? I think Jordan Travis is the only guy that, even if FSU is not a playoff team, because of the program that he plays for and the way that he will be marketed, if they go ten and two, eleven and one, and they lose the ACC title game, that's the guy that I think has the best shot to win the Heisman Trophy. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. A little bit of bold prediction before college football season. I think he's going to do it. I think Kayla Williams is going to be the guy. I think that so do I. when you look at this schedule, I mean, the marquee games, because the Heisman is all about moments. Uh, who knows what Colorado is going to be by the time they get there. But the start of their season is really favorable. When you're talking San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State. But down the stretch, he's got Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, and Oregon. Uh, four games that could really, if he's dominant and USC wins those games because I think they're going to the playoffs. So I think they win those games. I think his numbers are going to be crazy. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think Caleb Williams is going to repeat this year as the Heisman Trophy winner. There's one thing I want to address, too, because Sam by the Lake on Twitter, or on, excuse me, on the text line, said Will Shipley as a dark horse Heisman candidate could be amidst this as well. Mark Ryan said that there's a good shot that he could go to New York. I don't see it with Will Shipley. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying it's really hard for a running back to get there. And we're about to have him on, by the way. 
We're about to have him on in just a couple of minutes. I just think it's so hard. Like, it's such a quarterback-driven award. Devontae Smith had to have... you got to push 2,000 yards. I mean, it's nuts, right? And so if we think that this offense, where Garrett Riley can spread the ball around, and Cade Klubnick is coming in, and he's going to steal a lot of the attention... I just think it's going to be hard for Will Shipley to do it. Now, maybe some of the receiving yards would propel him to do it. That would be the reason as to why he could be a dark horse. I just go to it's all centered so much around the quarterback. When we go to running backs winning it, we go to the Alabama guys that that's their identity. It's their style of play. Let's hand it to Derrick Henry. Let's hand it to Mark Ingram and just let them tote the rock you know, 25, 30 times a game and rack up, you know, 2,500 yards. Yeah, he was the last running back to do it. 2,219 yards rushing, 28 touchdowns. That's the type of numbers it's going to take to be able to do that. And real quick before we get out of here, uh, any week zero games of note for you guys, there's Navy and Notre Dame. They play at 2.30 on Saturday, so you get to see uh, Marcus Freeman and the crew get ready to play them in Dublin, Ireland. And then we also get to see Caleb Williams start his Heisman campaign, 8 o'clock p.m. on the Pac-12 network. USC will take on San Jose State. So uh, were there any games? I mean, I, I know the uh, I'm just happy for one college football is back this weekend, but I'll definitely be uh, checking out Navy and Notre Dame and I'm going to check out Caleb Williams uh, as well. If I had to choose, I would go Caleb Williams because of the Heisman contention, but it's tough. Yeah, I want to see Notre Dame because they had that slow start to start out the season last year. So how are they going to come out in year two under Marcus Freeman? How's that going to look? How are they going to come out, you might say? Yeah. How? Get it? Sam, (laughs) how? Thank you. I just wanted to sell that home. Yeah, man. Take us away, Wes. All right. Well, when we come back, the man that we were just talking about as a potential Heisman dark horse, but not according to Walker Mail, Will Shipley, Clemson running back, joins us on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.